Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, uh, and we are doing another podcast. Uh, we are doing the recap of the tournament, and we're talking about kind of other bits and pieces, uh, including the Academy. Um, uh, you'll get this a few days after our last podcast. We are recording it immediately after because it's Friday night, and we just we just like... We just want a podcast. Dudes, dudes love podcasting. So that's how we, uh, that's how we, you know, bond. So, um, uh, I want to start with, uh, we, you know, we talked about the, the specific game, but I want to go back to the tournament itself for Minnesota. And I want to ask, we got to a semifinal and lost last season. We got to a final and lost. We got to a first round of the playoffs and lost thinking about this specific specific tournament was this an opportunity missed you know we were going up against an orlando team that was not not particularly good we uh get to meet a portland team that is not particularly good and we've been able to kick the crap out of in recent times should we feel good that we um got to a semifinal? we've gotten to a final should we feel good about these things um you know knowing that we are minnesota we are still uh, a, a pretty new team in in mls uh, did we exceed expectations? So I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm laying down a few ways to, to kind of interpret that. And um, uh, Mark, do you want to do you want to jump in first? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think we for me, making it to the semifinals is pretty much what I expected us to do. I mean, going into the going into the tournament, we had looked really good. I mean, granted, the it was a very small number of games that's going into it. I mean, we looked really good in our first two matches. We were, you know, leading, we're number one in the supporter shield or, or tied for one, whatever it was. And um, I thought going in, like we should be one of the top four teams go in the league at that point, the way we were playing and that we should be in the semifinals. And after that, anything can happen. Um, and we did. And that, that was under the assumption that we would have, you know, Ike Opara, and Kevin Molino and our entire squad, and we didn't. And so um, knowing that now, I think you can only take away positives from it just because, uh, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to, you know, win our... And actually, all right, this is really just me being a poop, but honestly, like, (laughs) I don't really want our first piece of hardware to be some stupid made-up tournament because of COVID. Like, I, I... I would. I want it like U.S. Open Cup. Great. There's a huge history behind that. MLS Cup. You are the league champions. That is awesome. Yeah. COVID Cup. Like no. no. Uh, I'm. I'm. I am one million percent with you on that. I'm actually a little bit relieved. Uh, I obviously would love to win literally everything, but I'm a bit relieved that like, look, if we're gonna only win one trophy in the next like eight million years, uh, it better not be this one. Uh, because uh you know we don't get to be there same thing when we come back this year i don't want to win mls cup this year i want it to be next year i want to i want to see the positive things i want to see our team be good and like like every year i want to see adrian heath be better than i want to see this team and adrian heath be better than maybe what i thought especially heath because i've doubted him uh like prove me wrong cool but don't prove me wrong this year prove me wrong next year when i can actually be in the stadium and freak out because I, you know, if you're going to be a legend to me, then be a legend when I can actually like, you know, appreciate it. That's 
Yeah, no, exactly. Like, and I think it was, um, I think it was one of uh, Jeff's columns uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. There's they, everything blurs together for what, what was written during this tournament. But he said some of the fact where he talked about how there was a three year plan, but how after 2017 they scrapped it. So actually, the three year plan started in 2018. So 2018 was, you know, get a base. 2019 was get to the next level and 20 and then now we're adding depth and kind of creating and I think once like we get through this year again three-year plan uh if it happens like if we can actually add like because uh, and we just don't have the star power right now we don't have that playmaker and I feel like that feels like it's the missing piece right now mm-hmm. if we can add that like you know figure we'll talk about you know all Reynosa and all that but like fingers crossed if it happens like the fact that it's a shortened season and there's not really any expectations this year, it's actually the perfect season to bring him halfway through because there's not the expectations that you're going to be leading us to a championship this year because it's just not. And even if you, it just doesn't matter either because it's just, just a dumb season. So this kind of seems like the perfect time if you're going to bring on a young star player to do it. And I'm, yeah, so we'll see what happens going yeah. forward though. Um, Corey, what, what, what expectations do you have here? Or what, or, told, or what, what I, I guess, takeaway do you have here? Like, the, the only thing that I'm disappointed about, the only thing that was enticing for me was uh, a, a CCL placement, and I don't really have much to say other than that, but um, in terms of that, but getting into the CONCACAF Champions League, this is a nice way to kind of sneak in and see what that would be like and get a little bit more exposure and, um, and test some stuff, but, like... I, I agree with Mark. We were expecting to have a star playmaker signed by some point mm-hmm. before this tournament. Um, hopefully it was going to be before the season, but it didn't materialize. We didn't have our defender of the year. Um, we had an untested goalkeeper in our system. Um, you know, we had a couple of injuries at the beginning, right off the bat. Amaria went down. I was like, well, okay, maybe we'll get out of the group stage. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with where we ended up. It's again, more progress and more progress. And, um, I'm totally in agreement that, um, while it would be great to get some hardware, I, I don't, I don't want the COVID cup right now. We're very much at the, um, uh, there was the, the East coast, uh, dark clouds had the, the, we're just happy to be here banner that was up at the new England revolution game that we got spanked like six to two or something like that, uh, that first season. Um, which that banner is uh, in my office in the basement of Blackheart. I've not found a place for it, but um, uh, that's that. That's so far where we're at. Uh, Rodrigo, are we just happy to be here? Happy to get to the semifinals? Look at at the beginning when when the groups were drawn out. Like a lot of people were saying that LAFC group was the group of death, and then we were like, "Wait, hold up! We had we we had we had we had, we had a tough bracket, right? We had to." To to play an SKC who just had signed you know uh, an amazing forward right yeah and the fact that you know we were able to pull that win out of I don't know a mat uh, a rabbit's butt coming out of a magic hat was just something that you live for right how how, how many times it, do, do we do that yeah do we do 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 you, do you see that in a tournament and specifically because that was the game that started the whole red card being flashed out everywhere after that. And I mean, you know, like I, I I wanted them to get out of the group. That was my first goal. And then anything after that was, you know, let's see, let, let's see how 
cohesive this group is and what we're willing to do with our death, right? And I think that's all I really wanted wanted to see. I wanted to see a good showing from this group, specifically with the new pieces that we've had. And and I think we, we got glimpses of what would happen if everyone was healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think in a sense, that's um, something that, that we can look forward to. And I'm I'm just excited to see what else can we do, and what can we do specifically with those pieces that we are in search of, right? But it it would have been nice so to like, see Reynoso watch and all that stuff. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Tigres in at Allianz in February, right? Look, look, look! That was one of my dreams. Like a CCL having a Mexican team in Minnesota in February playing with an orange ball. Who's gonna win that game? So I do want to point out for the listeners that sometimes uh, Rodrigo's uh, audio lags and he does not actually speak this fast. <laughs> but, that's not true. He's just really fired up right now about Tigers coming to Minnesota. Oh and that's God. how he, he speaks when he talks I about want it. To see, I, want to see, I want to see Gignac do it on a, uh, on a cold winter night in a, on a Wednesday at Allianz. <laughs> oh, my God. Although I, I have to say, I do really actually like the idea of having like, instead of having like some pointless kind of like preseason stuff. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having there be a tournament like this at the beginning of the season every year. Basically just take whatever teams are in the CCL that year that play in February. Don't have them be in the tournament, have all the other teams be in it and have a CCL spot be there, be available. Take the uh, spot that's normally for like what the runner up for this next the other conference or whatever it is that yeah. gets a CCL bid and have it be this tournament. And it's just fun. Like just do it. Good old fun time for everybody. Uh, I I think um, uh, you know it might like take away some of the shine from U.S. Open Cup. Uh, you know I think that there's still like there is a tournament we play every year. Maybe it should be better hyped. But um, I I will say I went into this into this tournament. My prediction was that we would win the group and then lose in the first uh, game. My general desire for all things is I want to see progress. And I, you know, we came out as, as you pointed out, uh, Rodrigo, that SKC game, we were effing garbage, um, but we won. Um, there is the other two games, you know, we were hit or miss, you know, and then by the time we hit uh knockout, we were, we were getting better and better and better. Um, we got better. And that was, that's a positive for me. Now the the question is we're all being really nice because we just are happy to have a team and uh, happy to have them not be fucking Nashville or Cincinnati, um, uh, but you know at the same time, uh, I think you mean Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, who would who would want that? Um, but at the same time, when do we when do we switch into having real? You know, we know that we're. Uh, this team, you know, again, like this is what my my thing about uh, Heath's underdog thing. Like, we know we're good. You know, I've known that this team is in the top quarter, top fifth. You know, basically top uh, uh, seven teams in the league. Um, when do we then say like, no, actually, there is an expectation that you should get um, some silverware every once in a while. And that you should uh, you should be in semifinals. That that is the expectation for you. Is that uh, is that a f- fair thing at this point? Is it just too early? Uh, I think, and I think J- Jeff made this point in the athletic was we are missing one key piece right now, and that is a legit 
We have, we don't have a nani. nani. You know, he talked about yeah. the difference between they have a yeah. nani and nani. And, they, and, and, Orlando and, and, were not good in this game. We were the better yeah. team, but yeah. they had a guy who could just who could, who could put show the team up. on their back and just get it done. Yeah. And and not that we don't have great players. I think we have fantastic players. Um, we don't. Yeah, we has, don't have a guy and, who, who. Yeah, and, and we don't. And we don't have. And and this has nothing to do with, you know, the the media hyper respect stuff. It's just. We don't have a marquee signing or somebody with that experience or just that sheer amount of talent because we have the depth. We have a Molino who could come in at 60 minutes and take over for that person or be alongside that person. We have a Chacon who could be that. We don't know because we don't get to ever see him play. But I think the thing that I don't think it's fair of us, I think I think when we can make the... Um, when the fans can have the expectation to regularly be competing at a very high level for silverware or deep playoff runs every single year is when we have that last piece. And we've consistently missed that. Even when we signed Quintero, it was it was like, okay, yeah, I mean he's he's on the he's on the tail end of his career. He he's on the downward slope. We got him at a good point. He did his thing for us and it was great. We don't have that Superstar, we don't, and, and who knows if Reynoso is going to be that if he, if, assuming he gets signed. Um, I don't think we can really have those um, harsh criticisms uh, until we get there. Yeah, yeah, it, you're right. I mean, the the point is that as as you guys mentioned, we didn't have Icopara, and I thought without Icopara, we are nothing. Turns out, we we got something. So um, I want to move to the 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 question here is uh, tournament MVP. Who's the the tournament MVP for you guys, Rodrigo? It, it, it comes down to two people, but I'm just going to go with with, um, with Molino. I think he mm. came in and he really, you know, scored the game winner, but he was essential in creating our offense because we had no one else who was uh, offensive creativity. And and when, he, when it mattered, specifically in this last game, uh, when he was able to to produce, he was able to produce a goal, right? He was able to create a situation for a goal. And that's what you want someone to do, to come in and, and be a game changer. Because the game changed at that point when he came in. All right. Right? Um, uh, so my, my my vote goes to Molino, so. Okay. Mark? Uh, for Minnesota, I, I'm definitely say it was Ozzy. I don't oh, think... Okay. That are, I mean, usually tournament MVPs, it's always some sort of attacking player. Like defensive players, goalkeepers, you know, they, they get no love. But I think our defense could not have like done, maintained as well as they did, especially not having Ike, if Ozzy was, wasn't playing out of his mind and basically dropping back and covering and helping out. And yeah, I would say, I mean, all of our success was because Ozzy held it together for us. And I, Think for sure he was our most important player. Yeah. Okay, Corey. I think I'm going to agree with Mark. What? Um, here's the here's the thing. When we're talking about most valuable player, and I think Molino's a very close second for me. When you look at, I'm not looking at who contributed or who hustled the most or whatever. When we didn't have, you know, player X in the in the lineup, or throughout most of the match. And we weren't ticking. That's that. And then when they came in, and then things started producing. Um, that that's that's kind of a key for me. So like on one hand, 
the Aussie thing after that Columbus match, that was the best game that I've ever seen Ozzy mm. play for us. And it was incredible. And I don't think we would have won that match if Ozzy was, wasn't playing the way that he was playing. I do think Molino um, was missed more. Like we didn't have an attacking spark without him, but I think we would have let in uh, more goals and wouldn't have controlled the game, even if we were doing the the counter attacking thing. Um, we wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't have been um, letting as few goals as we did um, without um, without Ozzy in there. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with. Um, I know he's, it's it's the least sexy pick. It's Ethan Finley. Um, he put the team on his back so many times. He ran all the time. He was run into the ground. Um, uh, you know, I guess you know. You guys are talking about some some great players who I admire a lot. But you know, as the least sexy pick, like Ethan Finley is the Steve Buscemi of this team. You know, he just he does the hard work. No one's no one wants to take him home at night. But you know, he 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 just he's always like third out. on the on the on third yeah. or fourth on like the hot list though. Ethan Finley. I mean, I guess yeah. physically, I'm talking about his play. His play. Oh, well, Ethan only, Finley is a beautiful man. I, I, I only I, look at their men are objects. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but as his his play is not sexy. You know, he does not. He's Steve Buscemi's things. I don't, actually don't. I don't think Steve Buscemi is the good analogy here. Someone else can come up with the better like uh, yeoman's work of uh, of just hustling the around there. Um, uh, that that's not the star. Who who would that be? Whatever. Um, I immediately went to like, oh, Patrick Dennehy, but I was like, no, wait, he's a, that's just a character actor. That's not. <laughs> it's fine. Don't listen to me. We I all won't. love Ethan Finley. Uh, so I'll go with Ethan Finley. I think that he like we distinctly uh, got to where we were because he put some goals in, and and he didn't get. Um, you know, I know we rag on Robin Lude, but Robin Lude's goals were fucking garbage goals. You know, he he just like swept some stuff up because his body happened to be in the vicinity of a ball and a goal and like, look, if I move a limb, uh, it his, might his, might knock it in. Um, bounced off his... Do you ever think that Ethan Finley looks like a swollen... Or no, that Robin Lude looks like a swollen Ethan Finley? Like he, he got stung by bees and he's allergic yeah. and he's yeah. running around. Oh, I, I have never contemplated that. I'll have to go to bed tonight thinking about uh, that for a bit. Yeah. The go, the one, one more thing about the, like the Ethan Finley thing, the dude was unstoppable in the group stage. Yeah. He was so goddamn And good. we were not very good in the group stage. And so no. he got us through. So that's why he's my yeah. most valuable player. Um, I want to move to this question about uh, getting minutes for kids. We've seen what Chase Gasper can do. Um, and all young players are not the same, right? Ish Jome was not ready. You know, it was not a, a, a MLS player. Like, um, uh, Hassan Dotson, we know, is a very good player. The team needs to figure out what to do with him. Mason Toy is a little bit different. And I'm thinking about this question for two reasons. <clears throat> One is that we've got um, with, you know, we mentioned uh, Jeff Reuter's uh, athletic Q&A with, um, with Adrian Heath. I was very pleased to see this. I don't think Adrian Heath does enough media, actually. I, I think that um, basically the team decides that, um, or Adrian decides that he only wants to do the puff pieces with um, Perk at Play and then his show that no one listens to. Um, and I think that having 
good questions from Jeff or people like that are important because I read that Q and a and I, I thought it was good. It was good to hear from the, the coach of the team that I love. But um, in that he said things like um, he's talking about uh, Chacon and toy. I'll read the paragraph. Sorry. But the harsh thing for them at this moment is that they've got people ahead of them who are playing really well. Not true. Um, uh, now I know there's been a lot of debate about Tomas. I'm not silly. I don't do social media, but, but people tell me, and I hear that. The hard part is that Harrison, is all, Harrison tells him, yeah, dear daddy. Um, the hard part is that we haven't got a second team at this moment in time. So to get the minutes to get sharp enough to play and do what they can is difficult. I'm trying to think Mason started the game against Kansas city, but when was the last time he played full 90? Toma Tomas is in a similar boat. We can't afford to get people fit on the job, except they did with Robin Lud. I have to pick a team to win a game of football. That's my job. I don't do it with any preconceived ideas of, you know, I like this guy or don't like this guy. So there's, a couple, there's a couple of things in there that I, I find totally understandable, but also have problems with. Um, uh, but I, I want to bring that to also Charlie Davies had a great rant on this uh, most recent extra time radio talking about um, talking about Mason toy. Charlie Davies loves Mason toy. But he's talking about the idea that you you've got you brought in Amaria, totally understandable. You spend money on strikers, right? Um, but you've got this guy Mason Toy. You think that there's something there, and then you bring in Schoenfeld and you use him as your number two. So then you're not giving you're not giving this guy minutes. And Mason Toy needs to go somewhere. He needs to get minutes. He needs to develop. And so I guess where I'm getting to, and you guys can figure out if it's a question or just a thing. Um, which is that um, why is Adrian Heath and this team so short-sighted that they need to win now? Because we, we, you know, everyone's known there's a three-year plan, there's a 15-year plan, whatever. And fans have been uh, surly at times, but if I think, like, if I know that, hey, we've got these young guys we're developing, we can see a period where like, okay, Mason toy in two to three years is doing what Jer Jeremy Obobese is doing now, right? Like he's going to be a very good, not world-class, but he's a very good striker. I think that like, we can have buy-in on that stuff. Like, like we're not fucking stupid. We can have a team that isn't necessarily winning right now and have these young players who are progressing the way Philadelphia union have done, right? They've never won a trophy. But like they have these young players, they're gonna sell Brendan Aronson's off. They're gonna keep on building this pipeline. Um, so I guess I don't have a question there, but it's like this question of like minutes and and understanding that sure, Adrian Heath has to prove to to Bill McGuire and Chris Wright that he's a good manager. But like we need to have more vision than like I need to win against fucking uh you know Cincinnati this weekend, so I'm gonna start all the, you know, whatever, and, and Chacon can go get me a Mai Tai. Rodrigo, do you have a, where do you, where do you want to go? I, like, I, I mentioned Toy, like, you know, like, the, the rationale that you that you have is like, you know, you, in order to play, you have to earn playing time, right? Like, you have mm -hmm. to prove it in, in practice that you are a player. Well, what I never understand about Mason Toy is he proved that he was a scorer last season, Right, and he doesn't. How, what more does he have to earn 
do to earn a, a, a playing time, right? I mean, like he, he's one of your 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 top scorers, right? I mean, uh, Rodriguez scored two goals over what two seasons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then and then you kind of have Mason Toy who scores what four? Yeah, at least five or six, maybe right yeah. in in the limited amount of time that he's gotten to play, right? Now, now, the, the, now. Specifically in that position, they're like, why, why aren't you playing toy? Right, that's the question. Great injuries, he might have been injured, whatnot. That that plays into that aspect of it. But when he comes back, I I would expect toy to get more playing time. But at the same time, like I don't think um, a four three three really um, or a, a four two three one really 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 makes space and toy be. Be what he can be, right? I think, um, yeah, I, I think in a in a four four two, which we saw uh, in the last game against Orlando, he we get to see more of that, and 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 I'm a fan of a four four two in this situation because of the playmakers that we have on this field. But that's that's what I want to say. Okay. Yeah, and one thing I think about Mason Toy is, um, God, I feel like I'm defending Heath on this a little bit, but. He was the one who came on for he started for Amaria and against Kansas City. Like he was the number two. And unfortunately, he got injured. And I don't know the extent of that injury, but Schoenfeld came on. And I mean, in the whole Adrian Heath system of, you know, once you get once you do well and you earn a spot, you keep your spot. It's understandable. Um, I think the bigger uh point is going forward, and this is more long term. Is that especially if you look at like um, uh, an Adrian Heath system specifically? I'm thinking of um, how Kaká basically made a star out of Kyle Lern, like mm-hmm. turned him and basically he took the pressure off of him because you had a guy who's a playmaker sitting below you who can just do it and just you so long as you can make your runs, he, he, the ball's on a string and it's going straight to you and you can put it in the back of the net and. Mason Toy and none of our strikers. I mean, except for like the like summer window of like Darwin Quintero with uh, Christian Ramirez. We've never had that sort of uh, chemistry for a playmaker. Exactly. Blast. And I and think, like, and again, from Columbia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly, but like, um, I think, especially with Mason Toy being twenty-one years old, we need that upper echelon of playmakers to take some of the pressure off so that he can put him, he can do the things that he needs to do. He can make the runs he needs to make and put himself in the position to score and have players around him who are good enough to actually put the ball into him when he's in a position to score. Similar to like we talked about the LAFC game with Molino and that's exactly what Molino did for Mason toy. And if Mason toy had that all the time with a big league playmaker, it would make a huge difference as far as development toy toy has has development to do. And specifically in, he can score goals. He's got, he's a poacher. He's got that. So what can he do with the rest of the team? Because can he help build up, et cetera? Um, my, you know, I think about also with Chacon, which is that, all right, you put money into this guy. Um, he's not your record signing, but he, you put money into him. You know that he's someone you want to uh, sell on. And we know that we are a team that needs to, sell players and we need to build that right okay bill bill mcguire wants a wants to do this business stuff i get that so why is chris wright or anyone else not saying to adrian heath it's like you are taking 
one of our best assets and you're just leaving them on the vine. And the whole BS about like, oh, we can't afford to get people match fit. Um, I mean, it's it's just BS. Like you you do that all the time. Um, you know, uh, you you've you've been forced into it at times. But like also like, yeah. I mean, so it, it's extremely frustrating to see that where um, Tomas Chacon they should have a plan for how are we going to get this guy minutes. And sure, you know what. This is an important game. We need to win it. We're down. We're not going to throw Tomasha Kone in. Okay, I, I I absolutely understand that. He's young. He's developing. You should be able to, especially now, we're, we're going to go into this end of the season and we're going to be playing like seven games a week. You should be able to say Tomasha Kone is going to start this game against uh, NYCFC uh, or like New England, right? It's a out-of-conference game. We want to see him. He needs to show what he can do. I liked what I saw in the bit that we saw from him the other day, but he disappeared from the game, right? How can he get to be 90 minutes of what we, what we saw in that game? Or 45 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever. And I think that that's the real frustrating part where you don't see, you know, this in this is my pushback against the striker whisperer thing. You don't see development plans for these guys. You see situations where Chase Gasper comes in because we have no left back. Chase Gasper's in, and he's good. Okay, well, now he forced himself into the team. You see Hassani comes in. He's good. Um, but, like, you don't see these guys work their way into the team. Right? Same with Ja'Cory Hayes. You know, I know it was is early, but, like, man, we should have a plan for that guy, and we should be able to use our subs to say... We know, as you mentioned, Mark, we have this depth. We know that we have so many midfielders who can change games. So don't don't ride Lude. Even if you don't, even if you love Lude, be like, okay, let's just uh, let's use that and then switch something because he brings something else. And that's what that's what frustrates me about our minutes. No, and I think some of it comes down to is like you mentioned the Chris Wright part. Like, why isn't there somebody? above Heath telling him like, Hey, we need a plan for these players. I think it comes down to how they structured everything, making Adrian Heath essentially the technical director as well. Like the, I mean, when the head coach is also your technical director's boss, mm-hmm. there's just a weird, there's no, I, I don't think there's, it feels like there's nobody with any sort of like, I feel like what should happen is the coach is there for game day strategies. Yeah. Getting through the day. The technical director is there for the long term, for developing players, for creating profits, for selling players, basically working on the ownership's like view of how to sustain this team financially via player development. And right now, we when you have a system set up where Adrian Heath is both the coach and the top guy on the technical side, there's just there's there's just something off about it where like there's no responsibility towards development. There's no responsibility beyond winning that game at that time. And it's yeah. very frustrating. And, and I do do also want to say that uh, Chacon did play a thousand minutes in the season for Danubio before the team, before he came to our team. So like he, he, he has played minutes and now he's played, what he played uh, eighty five minutes last year and forty four minutes so far this year, according to Soccer Way. So yeah, it's just very frustrating, and I think that that is one of my biggest things for this team of like, 
why. And that's why the substitution things, yeah. And here's the thing, I, like I'm gonna go on my free check on rant and and yo, well, soy well shakonista. Yo soy shakonista. And, and and I had a conversation with it with with uh with Jimmy Watson because like there's always this preconceived notion that because of his size and because of who he is is that you know he's got a, he's too he's too small he's not strong enough and and and, and that narrative just this really frustrates me just for the fact that it's 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 been recycled for so long um and this kid like you said had over a thousand minutes playing in a in a, in a physical Uruguayan league like he it wasn't like he wasn't you know like coming off the bench he was a creator right he he got knocked down and and yes this league is physical yes there's physicality in soccer but every time he's been knocked down like he gets back up right i mean he creates those opportunities right he gets knocked down we get a free kick right he's also like two minutes into a game got a yellow card for being rough with someone so like someone saying to me that this kid is not tough is is just an excuse at this point, I think you you play him, you play him in certain situations, or you play him in certain formations, right? And we've seen some of those formations where he kind of fits in uh, well at, but at the same time, it's like, oh shit, he f- he got frozen in the the free check on. Oh, he's about to drop the beat though if it comes back. <laughs> I can hear him coming in the edge of night. Um, I was hoping you you drop the drums there, Corey. Um, we'll get we'll get Rodrigo back uh, when he returns from the the stratosphere of of Shakonistas. Uh, um, is there anything else to say about this tournament? Yes. Did we get Rodrigo back? No. Yeah, I think we did. His face moved. That's it. Um, are you back, man? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any 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 final thoughts on the 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 tournament, guys? We talked about the the minutes, uh, our, our feelings about yeah you know, life in general. Uh, Who do you guys have for an overall tournament MVP? Mm. I mean, league wide. Not. I mean, I mean, we talked about Minnesota's MVP, but who do you have for the overall tournament? I mean, right right now, Portland's a better team than Orlando. And like, I don't think Orlando Orlando would have even been in the semifinal if it wasn't for Nani. So is Nani the most? I yeah. guess he's the most that, valuable that, right there. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. He, so, he, he's more value. He's more valuable to Orlando than I think Blanco is to Portland. I might still say Andre Blake. I'm in agreement with you. I think as far as like a player who actually like. S- willed his team into the semifinals it was totally andre blake just with mind stopping saves and what about that what about that kid from that kid uh ha, um, keeper from vancouver hustle or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh man the, the, hustle the, was great the, he was a great the, kid the, the biggest thing that i'll say from this um has nothing to do with the the uh the play or the tournament the trophy or anything like i'm just glad that generally everybody was safe Mm-hmm. And everybody stayed healthy, and nobody came uh, down with like a. No one got the Rona. No man. one got the Rona, other than you know, other than the people that showed up with it. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, I'm 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 mostly thankful for that. So. Hey, we we got to keep moving because we got uh, a couple other things. Um, uh, we want to talk about the the academy, but but before that, Bakai uh, Debasi um, was signed from Amiens. Um, he's Malian, um, Malian. I guess is actually how you say that. Um, he's going to be 31 on Tuesday. Happy birthday, Bakai. Um, uh, he's a center back. He might play left back, mostly left. He's a left footed center back. Um, do we, uh, I mean, I can't, he, he was a Tam signing, so he's not nothing. Um, is he depth? Uh, we, we obviously have no depth because, um, we have, uh, Ike, we've got Boxall, and Aha did remarkably well for being someone that no one wanted to see play. And then Coleman's dead to me. So like, uh, Debasi, like, is he is he there to do? Do we care if it doesn't matter if he's signed as depth or is? You know, I don't. Somewhere? I don't think right now. I don't think it matters. Um, I think I am suspicious about Ike's situation. I because we we don't know uh, how much of it was personal, how much of it is professional. Um, for you know, parts of not not participating with the team, but don't forget he also didn't really train much. Leading up to the first couple matches, um, preseason, all that stuff. So um, I don't know if the writing's on the wall there, or um, I, I don't, or what? I, I don't, I don't, I, I do want to say I don't think it's writing on the wall. I've not heard a lot from it, but the vague things I've heard are not. I don't think we should be panic level. Right? Yeah, but yeah. But still, I, I think it's going to be more of a, a and Charlotte got delayed, so we haven't we have him <laughs> yeah. another year. Yeah. Um, I I think he's gonna be more. I think he and he and Chase are gonna fight. I think let's let's assume that the regular season resumes in a you know week or two, whenever it is. Um, I think Chase is your starter, and then I think uh, Debasi comes in and challenges, and they do regular rotations or they start them or um, alternate games, and Chase has to fight for his spot, which is gonna be great for his development. Um. Yeah, I think he'll start off his depth, and then I think he'll make his way into the starting lineup pretty quickly. So, let's let's talk to, about this. The academy. Um, uh, I think uh, e, pluribus, e pluribus lunum has uh, has been keeping up on the, the situation with the academy. I've I've talked to a couple academy uh, parents. I know Rodrigo. You know some of them as well. Um, it, it came out this week. Uh, some of the information. That basically, in the wake of, of killing the academy, um, smothering it in its uh, uh, crib, um, the team wants to do this thing, which is essentially they want to, they don't want to lock themselves into, oh, well, we've got these U13 players and you want to identify talent that early. Um, <laughs> they uh, instead want to keep the base like a pool that is larger and then as people, maybe maybe someone who's 13 ends up being kind of crap by the time they're 16 or 16, they suddenly, they weren't good at 13, they can kind of pull from this pool. And what they're going to do then is have, you've got Blackhawks, you've got Salvo, you've got all these, all these teams around that they will then pull from these players and do supplemental uh, training with them and then take them to tournaments. Um, there is a version of this that I think is makes sense. Um, the way they've done it is not good. 
they should have had this planned out, figured out before they killed the the, the academy. But um, there's a way that this can work, right? You know, rather than having, okay, well, I've got how many players on a U13 squad? Those are the people that were, were growing. They're going to go to the 14. Um, that's a pretty small uh, pool to pull from. Instead, they're going to have these larger groups. And, you know, this year, the 15 kid didn't, the, this kid who was on the 15s, he didn't make the 16s because whatever. He, he doesn't seem to be developing. I can see how that makes sense. But why is this a shitty idea? Or, or maybe it's not. I don't know. So here, here's the thing, right? Like, from, from the get-go, we knew that there were a lot of staff people at Minnesota United wearing, wearing two hats, right? Some of it was um, was the academy, and some of it was doing other things. And so, w- with that matter, I mean, it 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 sent out, you know, it sends an image as like you are not truly fully invested in having uh, an academy aspect, like full blown academy um, team. And and granted, academies are not known for making money, right? And specifically in that matter, I understand that portion of it. Right, but at one point you you gotta still have developing uh, your players, right? And I think a lot of people went into uh, expectations of what this would be like, specifically when when the new stadium come in and all the announcements that were made at TCF. Um, but just having this idea of of go, going with um, which is like an ODP type of um, style, which you know, pretty much is like we have a much bigger pool of players, right? We don't um, we don't specifically do training for them. We do additional training and we let clubs kind of develop them. And then we have like an ODP type of thing, like Olympic, right? So like we call them in yeah, for tournaments. Yeah, explain ODP for, for some people, yeah. Okay. So the Olympic Development Program, ODP, it, it, it's mostly is, is, is the idea is like there's a pool of players, right? Whether they be, you know, U13, U15, U whatever, right? They have identified players that they're, they're interested at those age brackets, right? So, um, you know, they play with certain clubs or in certain leagues, right? And, you know, they will provide uh, some sort of additional training and have the rights to call them in for tournaments, right? Like for, for extra trainings and tournaments. It, it's, it's similar to like, you know, what kind of happens with the Olympics when you have training. You know. But then my question with these type of like ideas, there's already like the MYSA already has ODP. So like, what is the connection with that? Um, if, if clubs are going to be doing the developing of these kids in the in pool systems, is there an agreement of compensation? Is there agreement in training? What is, you know, the underlying agreements that makes it beneficial for, for both sides, right? And then, then again, for me, it's like, Personally, how does this how does this shorten or like narrow the the play to pay gap with like community players, right? With organizations out there who who have to do showcases for people who come and watch kids that don't get a that they, they, they can't play club in that sense, right? I mean, how does how does that all work? And, and those are those are my questions. And I'm not saying that the ODP style has not been successful, right? Because Philly did that. And when it's early years, right? But if we would have started with that plan to begin with, I think that's where 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 been most beneficial. Like this is how we're going to start, but starting an academy and then imploding it and then picking this up 
just just sends a lot of mixed messages that I don't know it's really being received well. But also correct me if I'm wrong, uh, when Philly launched their program uh, in that fashion, they did not get Keegan Rosenberry as a homegrown specifically because, you know, you know, if, if you've got, you know, let's say you've got um, Joss, Johnny Awesome Feet who plays for Blackhawks. He gets brought into um, the Minnesota United Academy ODP system, whatever their, their thing that, that they, the supplemental training. Um, and, you know, then he goes to uh, college or whatever, and he, he's going in, he could either, he could sign with Minnesota United. Is he, was he trained by Minnesota United Academy? No, he, he was not. Like, he, so he may have to go into the draft like Keegan Rosenberry did. Um, and so now we have to draft Johnny Awesome Feet um, rather than, you know, bring him into the academy, which is the whole point of having the academy, which is you have these free players who can be sold or play for a super discounted uh, rate. Like, so now we're getting none of the positives. I, Mark? I think it might be my cynicism, but it just feels like. Minnesota United is doing the absolute minimum required by the league as far as academy goes. And it, because I mean, Adrian, he just said over and over again, like, you know, we draft really well. And like, if your focus is on the draft and getting talent that way, and you don't see, you don't have confidence in the youth that you can develop here, then put as little, as few resources into it as possible, do the absolute minimum. And this just kind of feels like the absolute minimum. Like it feels like you're not actually investing in youth. You're not actually doing anything. And as you said, with Philly, you're not actually even getting any player rights, most likely. So like you're just doing it to go through the motions, it feels like. Yeah, (laughs) it feels that way. I don't know. Do do we have any, any other thoughts on the Academy? I mean, my one big disappointment with it is that, and granted, there's we haven't seen full details yet. We've only seen the you know the one piece from uh, Eli on Eplerus uh, Lumen, and so we don't know what funding is going to be and all of that. But it feels like knowing that. I mean, I, during your interviews with Bill McGuire, he talked about how, you know, he kind of just saw the academy as a money dump, if you will. Yeah. And I can't see him wanting to like pay the fees for like, you know, a kid from a kid from the North side of Minneapolis who wants to play for Blackhawks to actually have the fee to go play for a top youth club in the twin cities. Or and granted, I grew up in the St. Paul suburbs. I don't know what the top youth club in Minneapolis is, but whatever it is, um, I don't see that happening. And if you don't have a team willing to invest money in kids and pay their fees and get, if you're going to rely on youth clubs to do the development, but you're not willing to pay for the youth to go through that development with those clubs, then you are setting up a a 100% pay to play model where you are just letting the kids whose parents have the resources to get, to develop them, develop them. And it's just, it's, there's all kinds of terribleness for me. It's from an equity standpoint from like youth development, just from that alone. But I mean, granted, again, we haven't seen the final information about it, so I could totally be wrong about that. But if that's the way it is, it's just it just really rubs me the wrong way. 
And I hope you are wrong, right? Because that's what we all wanted. We want to be wrong in this aspect of it. We want to mm-hmm. be able to have someone to have a sensible plan on how we're going to develop talent here um, in 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 Minnesota. And I think uh, those are a lot of the questions that you know are, are for some reason seem to be always delayed, right? We've been in this delay thing in, in regards to the academy until the MLS kind of figures out what they want to do, and that's understandable. But you know, but at, to to a certain point, like as like as you were saying, Mark, it's like how if the clubs are going to be doing the developing of of the players in this pool, um, are you just really paying for extra training, right? Right? If you're already on this pool, why can't you just pay for extra training to go train with somebody else, right? Who or a different program? If you, as long as you are on this pool, so that that these are these are the questions that we need answers to, and it's frustrating in the aspect of like that we don't know things. But at the same time, um, if this was the way that we wanted to go about with this ODP style, then why weren't we doing that at the beginning, right? Why weren't we doing that? And then um, in order to give us time to figure out what the next steps were going to be. So, All right. Let's go to a final question here, which is uh, first one from our, our best uh, Swedish friend, uh, Johan uh, Dukov. Um my favorite team here in Sweden, Hammarby, are all of a sudden horrendously bad after a really strong 2019 season. After experiencing the 2017 and 2018 seasons with Minnesota United, what advice can you give on how to support a crappy soccer team? Drink. Bourbon. Yeah, basically like yeah. dark yeah. Brown, brown liquor. Brown liquor it usually mm-hmm. helps. Look, I, I waited. I supported Proof for 36 years. <laughs> Before they were able to willing to even get to a World Cup bid, so you just stick with them, and you ride it out because once you made that choice, it's it's for life, for most people. I'll right? say, um, so. Johan uh, brought a Hammerby uh, coffee mug that I then brought to the bar, and then someone stole. It's one of my favorite Fair. mugs. If, so, if someone steals my rainbow mug that I always drink out of, that I never let anyone else use, I will kill them. Um, MJ Matsui. Uh, says, hey, I actually want to hear um, Rodrigo talk about Peruvians in the MLS's back final, but he has to give equal time to other Comunabol nations. No, fuck you, MJ. You don't run this podcast. Um, I'd prefer this segment to stay under five minutes. No, just tell me about the Peruvians. I don't care about other Comunabol nations. There are no other Comunabol nations other than Peru in my book. So uh, uh, so what, you. what's your overall... Who's who's? So we talked about Callese. We talked about um, Andy Polo a little bit. Uh, who are the other Peruvians who have uh, done well or done not well? Well, I, I think those those are probably the, the top two, right? I mean, Rui Diaz never really was able to get in a full groove, right? And I think um, Kayans for uh, New York City was 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 okay, but wasn't able to 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 be as reliable, right? The people that stood out to you were 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 the Rui Diaz's and the Gallese. And the and the polo specifically, you know, as we got deeper into into it, like it, honestly, like Gallese was has, has has been, you know, for me, light lights out in a sense, like a, a major improvement for Orlando and in goalkeeping. You know, jealous that he's 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 getting to 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 get that kind of a a he's, chance. He's and also it, got the same. Uh, is this a Peruvian thing? The 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 beard, no mustache, the the Amish Peruvian thing. Yeah, I think it is. So yeah. I mean. I mean, he's got, he's I, got your look. Let, let me uh, let me text him, and then I'll and then I'll, and then I'll find out. I know all you, Peruvians right? have each other's numbers. That's right, we do, we do that. But like Andy Polo, like 
you know, he hasn't been getting that much time with with uh, Portland as of last year, right? And he, but in this tournament, like he, he's been getting playing time, and that that goal and that dance that he had um, was a uh, was was just a, another golazo that we've seen, right? Right, and I think uh, if Polo gets a chance to play again, he might be able to to do that. I mean, uh, Reina was Reina, right? He was great uh, in some games, but. Um, that whole team is just not not the greatest team. They're terrible. So so he's not he's he's not in in a great position to be be support. But you know, um, um, I you know I think it's 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 going to be fun. I mean, if you're a Peruvian, who do you root for? Um, that's a hard one, right? I mean, regardless, a Peruvian is going to be crowned champion again as a in some sort of way of this tournament, right? So so, but my money is always on the goalkeeper. So just because uh, he was able to stop Luis Suarez's. Uh, Luis penalty kick on a, on, a, on, a, on a Copa America. So now nah, the, the final is going to go to PKs and Felipe Mora is going to be an 89th minute sub and he's going to come in and he's going to score the winning PK and it's going to be fantastic. Why are you trying to uh, answer MJ's question? You know, <laughs> you know, we MJ does not run this podcast as Wes. This is Wes's podcast. Come on, now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I can't stop anyone. Uh, um, but I'm I'm all on Peru. I've, I've don't have any thoughts about Chile. It's all, all Peru for me. Um, well, my friends, uh, I, I think that we'll take a week or something off. I don't know when MLS is coming back. Um, <laughs> I think it's in two weeks, three weeks. Like I think, uh, I think actually supposed to um, Dallas and Nashville are supposed to play next weekend, and no one in knows Dallas, this shit with fans. With fans, yeah. With uh, I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. But um, we might take a I week off uh, and, and do whatever. Um, but anyway, my friends, it is great to see you all. It's great to hear you all um, or talk to you all, podcast listeners. Um, thanks, everyone. I will, you know, Champions League and that stuff is still going on at the bar. Um, the great thing is you can show up and it's literally three of us. So uh, you can like just, you know, actually it was it was a solid six of us today, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, I really appreciate the support, everyone. Uh, if you want to be on the Patreon Slack, you can go become a Patreon supporter. I don't really flog that that much, uh, but you can do it if you want. We bought a lot of mics; it, it helps. All right, and I actually the 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 the, the Minnesota United match day thread like chat is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, my Slack. problem is I I was I had I was doing Rodrigo's thing in my ear. I have people in the bar I'm trying to chat with, and they've got. Fucking uh, the the John Champion Twelman like uh, do they hate each other? Do they love each other? I can't tell if it's a sex thing. Uh, so I had a lot going on, so I could not be part of that. I, I end up opening up Slack and being like eight thousand missed messages and being like, all right, delete. Um, but regardless, it is a thing. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you whenever the fuck we talk to you. Bye. Bye.